Hey, Dan, how can I follow my dream when I'm paid so well to be miserable? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, let's talk about loving your work. Yeah, you know it's possible. You're talking to more and more people who have figured it out. We're certainly hearing from a lot of them here. Hey, our business partner today is Fresh Books. Well, this is Dan Miller. You're listening to the 48 Days Radio Show. We're going to unpack some questions today, as we always do. If you got a question, you can shoot it into me at askdan at 48days.com. Going to be unpacking some challenging questions today, as always. Here's a sample of what we're going to be looking at. I stopped my son's bully with this simple move. Got a really interesting piece I want to share with you. Somebody says, Dan, people always want to just keep you where you are. What's your resume shows? I think my advice and instructions would help everyone who has financial problems and put it into their stress. How can I get paid for this? Here's a question. I've been employed at this company for 15 years now, making over $100,000. I've been miserable for 15 years. How do I muster the courage to leave such a lucrative job to follow my dream? Whoa, golly, a lot of good meat in here. We're going to dive in. Here's our quotation. Actually, I've got a, a couple that I want to share with you, but our quotation, our primary quotation comes from Mother Teresa, who said, work without love is slavery. Now, that kind of frames, if you don't love your work, yeah, not a good thing. We talk about it week after week after this on here. Here's another quotation. I got a couple here. George Burns said, I'd rather be a failure at something I love than successful at something I hate. Ellen Goodman said, there's a trick to the graceful exit. It begins with the vision to recognize when a job, a life stage, a relationship is over and to let it go. It means leaving what's over without denying its value. You know, if you're in a position where you've been for 15 years, you're miserable, it's served you well financially, but you know you need to move on, doesn't mean that it was a bad decision to be there. doesn't negate the value of what you've done. That probably was a necessary part of the preparation to position you and prepare you for this next season in your life. Well, John Gotti, yeah, John Gotti, the gangster says, if you think your boss is stupid, remember, you wouldn't have a job if he was any smarter. Well, here comes one from Bryant McGill, who says quitting a job can be like an exorcism where you cast out a demon. The demon is the foreign spirit who occupies you through your occupation. Wow. You know, that, that really, I mean, I can kind of resonate with that. I understand because of the conversations I have day after day with people. But yeah, Quitting a job that you don't love could be like having a demon inside you. Exercise that thing. Get it out. Well, Drew Carey, the comedian, says, oh, you hate your job? Why didn't you say so? There's a support group for that. It's called Everybody, and they meet down at the bar. Well, so our question is, you know, are you following your dream or is being paid well holding you back? from following your dream. You know, we hear the old adage, 
good is the enemy of the best. Sometimes having a good situation keeps you from following something better. That's why often when there's a apparent disaster of some kind, an unexpected or unwelcome event, such as losing your job or your business, yeah, it's not something you would wish on yourself, but often in retrospect, people say, wow, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to take a fresh look at where I was, what my options are, and to move into something more fulfilling and often more profitable as well. Well, let me tell you about our friends, Fresh Books. We love having them as our business partner. We've already negotiated that to continue into 2020, but it's just a constant theme for any of you, whether you're in your own business, an entrepreneur or not. Doesn't matter. You need to have a good accounting system so you keep track of things. Take the legitimate deductions that you can. It cringes when I see people who aren't taking legitimate deductions. My goodness. Yes, we love our country. We love paying our taxes. Well, I guess, well, sure we do. I mean, do you, thank goodness we live where we do. And uh, paying taxes is uh, not a hardship. But at the same time, yeah, I don't want to pay more than I really need to. Want it to be reasonable, uh, not outrageous. So look for those deductions. Well, if you're an entrepreneur, or again, if you're self employed, or if you work in a traditional job, you know that keeping track of your finances can be intimidating. Well, our friends at Fresh Books know this feeling really well. They understand just how intimidating numbers can seem, and they have created a ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software. When I say it's ridiculously easy to use, here's what I mean. When it comes to invoicing, you hear me talk about this a lot. You can send an ultra-professional looking invoice in about 30 seconds. And you know what I love most about that is I often get paid in about five minutes rather than, you know, 30 days or 60 days. Yeah, it just it just makes it so easy and it comes in really, really quickly. You can set up to receive online payments if you want to do that. Uh, clients, especially if you have things that are recurring, it's a really easy way to have people just keep paying you like that. You can link your FreshBooks account to your credit and debit cards. So next time you uh, go to lunch with somebody, golly, when you pick up the, the tab for lunch, that's a business expense. Make sure that you keep track of that. You can just uh, take a quick picture of that on your phone, have it integrate with your FreshBooks account, and boom, it's done. <clears throat> Well, right now, FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all of our 48 Days listeners. To claim yours, go to FreshBooks.com slash 48 Days and enter 48 Days in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Well, I got some good news things here, and then we're going to jump into these uh, challenging questions. But here's one. Woman dials wrong number and is stunned when Jimmy John's delivery driver says he'll pick up her sick brother. So Lisa Nagengast was desperately trying to find someone who could take her sick brother to the hospital. And she dialed the wrong number. This is a pretty cool story. She had just gotten off the plane in Tampa, Florida, after visiting her brother, Greg Holman, in Columbus, Nebraska. She spent the week caring for her 48-year-old Army veteran brother after he had had a risky spinal fusion surgery. And she thought everything was okay. But just as soon as she landed, she got a voicemail from her brother saying he was in extreme pain. The incision was leaking, wasn't 
he was losing feeling in his legs. Anyway, he described a really desperate situation. He needed to go to the hospital. There were no ride-sharing services in his town. He wasn't sure if his insurance would cover an ambulance ride. He didn't have money for a cab. There was no one around to offer him a ride. Now, tough situation, obviously. So he gave his sister the contact information for his social worker. And Lisa's sister hurriedly dialed the phone number. Young woman answered, and she said, I assumed it was a social worker. I told her who I was, why I was calling, gave her the whole story, asked what we can do to get him to the hospital. Now, the woman who answered the phone passed the phone to her manager, a young man named Jason, Jason Voss. So again, she told the story, asked for help. Man said that he could take care of it. No problem. He'd take care of it. So about 10 minutes later, the guy, the 48-year-old guy, got a call saying that he was coming to pick him up to give him a ride to the hospital. All he needed was, you know, just to make confirm the address. What they didn't realize, even up to that point, was the guy coming to pick him up was not the social worker. It was not an ambulance. It was a Jimmy John's delivery driver. And they just followed through. They got the call, never even pointed out the error that the lady had made, said, gee, I'm sorry, we can't help you. No, they just simply took the need that was there, sent somebody to pick the guy up, took him to the hospital. Well, he, he got taken care of very simply, medication adjusted. Uh, the hospital paid for a taxi to take him back home where he's been recovering safely ever since. So good ending to the story. But, you know, just a, a twist in there where instead of just saying, hey, you idiot, you dialed the wrong number. no. They just simply responded to the need and took care of it. That's the kind of PR that you want, believe me, for any kind of business. Well, here's a little girl mistakes a bride for Cinderella. And then uh, friends rally to send her to see Cinderella at Disney World. Well, a lot of youngsters dream of one day getting to meet a Disney princess. So imagine this bride's delight when a little girl thought she was a Disney princess. Olivia Spark had just tied the knot, just got married with her husband, Caleb, in Akron Falls, New York. They went to a nearby park to take wedding photos. As Olivia was posing in her gorgeous white gown, she was suddenly approached by a little girl excitedly yelling, Cinderella, Cinderella. Well, this exuberant little girl was a five-year-old named Layla. Layla's mother says that even though Layla's autism makes it difficult for her to connect with strangers, she was overjoyed when she saw a real-life princess. Well, the bride, Olivia, says, I was flattered. I was in tears that she thought I was a princess. It just made my day absolutely more amazing than it already was. Well, somebody took a picture. You know how these things go. Cool things upon sharing that on social media. A heartwarming story was shared dozens of times. People were so touched by the adorable pictures. Members of the community created a GoFundMe page to send Layla, this little girl, to Disney World so she could meet more of her favorite princesses. And in just 10 days, I just, I just checked it just a little bit ago. This is one of those real recent things on the GoFundMe, um, the way those are set up, you know, where people can just make a donation to help something like this, a little girl's dream come true. It's already raised almost $23,000. So again, a kind bride who took time out of her wedding photos to respond to the admiration and joy of a little girl. And that little girl is now going to get to go to Disney World because of the kindness of a lot of other people as well. Well, hey, one more one more story here. And I really love this. It's just really moved me. A Houston father confronts then comforts son's boy. When Aubrey Bontanat's eight-year-old son Jordan was being bullied at school by an 11-year-old schoolmate named Tamaron. 
the Houston area father stepped in and was reminded that things aren't always what they seem. Now, his son was getting daily progress reports, and there, were, there was always this challenge about this bullying thing going on. Now, the dad here, Aubrey, is the dad. He's a local tattoo artist, and his little boy, you know, was the eight-year-old who was getting bullied by an 11-year-old. And he kept asking his son about it, and he talked to the school. The tools told him, yeah, stuff like this happens a lot. You know, we know what's going on. They said they'd take care of it. It just continued to happen. So, again, the dad went into the school, talked to the school, and happened to be able to have a conversation with Tamaran's mother, the 11-year-old boy. He talked to the mother, and she you know, said that they had really fallen on hard times. They were homeless. And she said it was a challenge just to get her little boy, the 11-year-old boy, you know, to school. So the dad asked if it would be okay if he talked to the boy, the bully of his son. And his mom said, sure, she gave him permission. So this young dad talked to this little boy, 11 years old, and realized the reason for the bullying, he was envious. He was envious of the clean clothing that his son was wearing to school. He said he was being made fun of by the other kids. They said his shoes were cheap and his clothes were dirty. So rather than add to his woes or seek punishment for this little boy, the dad opted for kindness over reprimand. So the following week, the three of them, the two boys and this dad went shopping to buy some new clothes for Tamron. I figured I could help both him and my son and better the situation. The experience came with important life lessons for the children. I told him he's a great person. The situation doesn't make him bad. I told him also that no matter what's going on, you have to walk around with your head up and chest high. The world is tough. You can't let what people say or do bring your self-confidence down. Now, as for his son, Jordan, the eight-year-old, I mean, he learned something valuable as well. I told my son that if you put good things out in the world, good things will come back to you. Fontenot recorded some of his mentoring of the boys today. The two boys are friends. And this dad, going the extra mile, also set up a GoFundMe campaign to help this 11-year-old and his family. They're just in a tough spot. They're homeless to help him out. So he put up a GoFundMe campaign. And again, I just checked it just a minute ago. This is going on as we speak, but it still has about 10 days more to run. But they had a goal. He said it's a goal, $7,000. Well, they've already raised $32,077. And I just, I love hearing those kind of stories. Just people are generous. People want to help. People want to do the right thing. And it just shows up again and again and again. I love these stories that just confirm the real human spirit, kind, compassionate, and caring. Well, this question, let's go into some questions here. This question comes from Jennifer, who says, in the past three years, I've become blind. I would like to work from home, and I'm thinking of becoming a writer since I've been a pretty good writer in the past and have been complimented on my writing, but I'm rusty and I'm learning to use a computer without sight. I have ideas for short articles or a self-published book. Since I received your email about workbooks, I was wondering if the best one for me would be that of looking for a job or how to start a business as I would eventually hope to bring in an income from writing and possibly speaking as well. 
All my life, I was a visual learner and loved to read. This new way of life is sometimes very frustrating, but I want to move forward and have purpose again. Can you give me some direction? Sincerely, Jennifer. Yes. So the question is, in becoming blind, should she go get a job? Should you start a business? Should you turn her writing into income? Now, there are a lot of things that I don't know here. Jennifer, I don't know how old you are, what kind of family support system you have. If you have a, a spouse who's providing income, there's a lot of unknowns here. But let me just say this. We know that being online, which is one of the things that you're talking about here, being online allows for all kinds of opportunities where your disability doesn't matter. Here's, here's a couple examples. I mean, my daughter, Clara, is 11 years old. Clara does video editing for a couple of gals that do vlogs where they send them to Clara. You know, she cleans them up. She superimposes the graphics, their website, quotations on top, whatever. And she gets paid for doing that. Now, she can go out and get a job. But if you are competent in doing something, the real world really doesn't care about what you may see as a disability. I mean, I know a 14-year-old website builder, a 17-year-old graphic designer. I mean, Guy Kawasaki talked about that on one of his recent books. He put it out for a contest for the book cover design, and he had all kinds of, you know, highly compensated graphic designers and trained graphic designers who put in their work. But the one he chose, unbeknown to him, was a 17-year-old kid in Thailand. What you have to ask yourself is... What is it that you do really, really well? I mean, I use these examples of young kids, but my point is, you know, you could be 74 years old anyway. If you're competent in a particular skill, no one cares about those things that you may have as unique challenges. All you need is that one area of expertise and you're going to have plenty of opportunities. So the question is still simply, what is it that you do really well? What talent puts you in a category of one? Now, if that is your writing, I mean, I have had a lot of experience with writing. I love writing. I mean, I'm working on some writing right now. Well, as a matter of fact, I just was at a conference, the Igniting Souls Conference up in Ohio with Carrie Oberbrunner, and I spoke on the content of what will be my next book. The power of investing in yourself. And I love doing that. But now, see, that's another example. If you're writing, there are other opportunities that are around that. We're going to have another couple other um, questions that kind of lend insight to this as well. But let me give you a couple examples here of people that we've got in the 48 Days Eagles community. I recently, we recently had, we did Eagles Nest, where we had specific areas of interest and then some of us volunteered to lead those groups. I volunteered to lead the group on podcasting. In a group of, we limited those to eight. Actually, I actually had nine in my group, but out of the nine that were in there, two of those people were blind. Now, that was a surprise to me. But when we talk about, think about podcasting, I mean, as I'm doing this, I mean, you guys wouldn't know. If I were blind, now you would because I tell you everything that goes through my head, but I mean, it, in reality, I could be blind and still continue to do this. But two of the people in there were blind. And one of those is a physician, and uh, her name is Chris Cook. She started a podcast while we were in that 
48-day period going through there, and her podcast is targeted toward parents of blind children. I mean, what a cool thing. What a, a unique niche, a vantage point that she can address with competence, certainly something that I could not, but because she is blind, she can address that particular issue. And she can then leverage that into writing, speaking, courses, other products, all the kind of things that we talk about on here over and over again. Another is Michael Blaze, and actually Michael and his wife, Teresa, are both blind. You can, you can check them out. I mean, their, their site is Two Blind Marketers. I mean, they're very open about it, but they do I mean, internet marketing, web design. Kelly, the note says, uh, I went to their site a little bit ago, despite the challenges of being legally blind, Michael has had the entrepreneurial spirit his whole life. He started his internet marketing career in 1997, selling collectible books on eBay. After that, he ran a successful computer consulting business for over 10 years. While attending an online marketing workshop, he discovered that he had the passion to help small business owners with their marketing. Michael decided with the support of his wife to found two blind marketers in June of 2009. So that's been a long time ago. They've proven their competence in doing that. Uh, Teresa has a Teresa has always had a passion for creative writing. Uh, she has a podcast as well. It's really, really well done. Um, but anyway, those there are certainly opportunities for doing that. Here, here's kind of a bottom line. Now, we've covered kind of a broad scope here, but if you need to create income next month, here we are, just going into November, 2018. If you need to create income before the end of the year. Don't expect it to be your writing. Go get a more traditional job. And you, that doesn't mean you have to go somewhere to, you know, to an office every day, but get a position that allows you to work where you are being paid for the work that you do. Writing is not something where you should expect income to come in instantly like that. If you have a runway where you've got six months and you can really explore this and build some things, then certainly, you know, use your writing. You can leverage that and do well. Well, here, here's another one. Here's another um, question that's kind of like uh, the same thing. Uh, should I get a job? Let me l- have you listen to this. Good morning, Dan. My name is BJ, and I'm calling from California. I had a question about, uh, I had about uh, savings to last me about two years when I left my nine to five to start a business. And my question today is I'm running out of ramp and savings should I go back to work in a career, vocation, something that I'm passionate about? Or if I know that I want to be a business owner and I just need some cash, um, work a job where I can obviously perform well. Um, but at the same time, that leaves me energy and time to be able to uh, work on my business on uh, at night and on weekends. Thanks so much for all that you do. Take care. All right. So let's set this up. Two years, he had money that he had saved up to build a business, and now he's running out of money. Now, that concerns me. I mean, BJ, I mean, that that certainly makes me wonder, you know, what are you doing? That's a very long time to not get a business off the ground, have it be profitable. If you're saying you, know, you want to just continue to feed that, and unless you can see there's a way to turn that around and start making money instead of just burning money, you know, then you need to look for a new idea. But if you have a new idea or are confident this one has turned in the corner and there's an upward trajectory to it, you know, then certainly yeah, get a job where it doesn't have to be your dream job. 
It doesn't have to be your passion. It can just be something reasonable where you know you can show up, do a good job, get paid well, and use the money just as a vehicle to fund what you're growing on the side. Now, that's, that's a very legitimate positioning. You may want a job for six months. Well, you aren't going to you know, go back to school for a highly trained job and go through a four-month training period knowing you're going to quit in six. But there are a lot of jobs where you can walk in the door and get a job you know, right out of the gate. Yeah, that's very legitimate to do that. And rather than put yourself in a desperate position running out of funds or considering borrowing money, no, absolutely. Get a job and then donate that 10 to 15 hours a week that we talk about so much to building your business on the side. But uh, boy, at this point, I mean, I'd encourage you to you know, have a session with a coach or something to look at what it is that you're doing where such a long period of time has passed and it's not generating income for you because it ought to be well on its way. You know, my goal is that when somebody starts a business that in 90 to 180 days, so that's three to six months, that it would totally replace your previous income. Well, we'll move on. And we'll kind of reference back to that. That's a great question, but we'll reference back to that. This one comes from Ryland, who says, Dan, I'm Ryland. Is, okay. Elysia, a loan analyst at a bank. At the time, I'm working at an NGO that helps people who are trying to pay off debts. We all know that most of us are no strangers to financial issues. Financial problems and challenges happen to everyone at some point. Facing those common problems can be different from a person to person. I've had good experience helping people identifying and overcoming their financial crises. By having those experiences, I started to write articles to advise everyone who goes through these struggles. I think my advice and instructions would help everyone who has such problems and put an end to their financial stress. So he goes through and proposes some topics. Now, really what he's doing is wondering if, you know, if I'll help uh, promote the, uh, the topics that he's writing on. Well, I get a lot of notes like this and sure I'm happy to do that but the real question is ultimately how can I make money doing that how am I going to make money doing that well and you know that I believe that you can if you have topics that are clear you know what let me give you another um, quick question here from somebody or just kind of a report in from Ben, this comes from Ben Eubanks, who says, listening to this week's podcast on book revenue is a fraction of business revenue. I could not agree more. My book comes out in December, pre-sales now. That's cool. We're right on top of that. But I've already made more than $25,000 this fall from speaking engagements related to the book before it's even published. And next year is on track to be even higher. I want to sell books to spread the message, build my company brand, even if they don't make me a single dime in book sales revenue. I have you to thank for that enlightenment. Keep up the good work, my friend. Well, thanks, Ben. I love that. Yeah, I just, um, speaking at the conference that I just spoke at, I mean, uh, they paid me very well for that with a whole lot of other benefits as well. And I spoke on the content of my upcoming book. So it was a chance for me to test the content of my upcoming book as well as promote what's going to be there. So these people will all have instant access to my book when it does come out. That's the way you do. So if you have content that you know you can write on as an expert, start asking yourself, not just how can I get this into a book? I mean, that, you know, anybody can do that. There are really no barriers to that. There are a lot of good organizations out there. You know, you can go to 48 Days Press. You know, we, we publish books for people. You can go to 40 Days Press and see if your book fits the kind of criteria that I look for in books. We'd love to help you publish your book. But don't think that if, you know, Dan Miller 
is going to accept your book and help you publish it, that you're going to be rich and famous. No, that book is one part of you sharing your message. And you want to instantly start looking for what are the other ways that you're going to be sharing that message? Is it going to be speaking? Is it going to be a weekend retreat? Is it going to be a once, once a year, you know, live event, big event that you do? Is it going to be, you know, what is it going to be? What are you going to do to leverage that? This uh, next week, I'm going to be speaking at another author's conference here in Nashville. And I'm going to spend time breaking down the Venn diagram that I allude to so many times where we have the book in the center and projecting zero income from the book, but predicting a million dollars in income by leveraging the message of the book and how to do that. Well, Love those questions when it has to do with, with writing in books. Love that space and the things that are possible in that space. Now, this comes from David, who says, well, he titled his note to me, Breaking the No Experience, No Job Cycle. Dan, I've read your No More Mondays, 48 Days books over and over, and I'm familiar with them. I'm not buying anything now. I hope you will respond to this email anyway. Incidentally, my goodness, I mean, I, I respond to hundreds and hundreds of emails and questions from people who have never spent a penny with me. I mean, that's not a requirement. I mean, I want people to be encouraged, to be inspired, be given hope. And the seeds that are planted with those things, if that turns into something successful financially, you know, fantastic. And sure, those people come back and engage with us in other ways. But no, it's not a requirement that you have purchased something from me for me to address your question. Trust me. I Okay, I just want encouragement like everyone else. This is, again, back to David's question. Anyway, I'm 56. I've done many things as you have according to your books, but many people want paid experience that they can verify. They just look at a resume, and if they don't see X, they ignore you. As you know, the system is set up now on the Internet where people do not even want to see you or know you. They just look at the paper. Yes, you've heard this many times from people. I just feel like I'm in a cycle that cannot be broken unless I stand up and just start something myself, which is what I'm thinking about. People always want to just keep you where you are now, what your resume shows, but everyone needs help sometimes. And sometimes people don't even want to help you with advice that they see that you haven't done X. Anyway, I'm just tired now, frustrated. There is hope, I know, because I have a good mind and am and an MPA, and could do much more with myself. Anyway, just give me words of hope, nothing magical. Yes, it depends on me, but I am an accidental entrepreneur, as they say. Okay, that's David's question. All right, great setup. Uh, Accidental entrepreneur means that people didn't plan on being entrepreneurs, but because they were not successful at finding another traditional job, they ultimately ended up doing something on their own. Yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, And there are a lot of people who are thrilled that that did happen. Certainly some people, I'm sure, feel forced into that. And there are a lot of people, this is not a a hard and fast black and white transition. There are a lot of people who became entrepreneurs. And then after a couple years, I mean, I had a couple people that I've shared about just recently on here who, after three years of being on their own, decided, you know what? I didn't realize this was going to require so much of my time to just do the marketing, to, to get engaged with prospects, customers, clients. I really don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy having to spend 75% of my time marketing my services and only 25% of my time doing the work. I want to go somewhere where I can spend 100% of my time doing what it is I do well and get a paycheck on Friday. Cal, I am all for that. And both of those guys, incidentally, that I referenced have done exactly that. They've went 
and very quickly, got positions, both very competent, got positions and are thrilled with what happened. So it's, it's not a hard and fast, gee, you're either one or the other and you can never go back and forth. You can. However, David, with what you're describing here, there's, for me reading my material, you probably already know this. There's a whole lot of finger pointing in here that concerns me. When you think that they don't do this, they don't do that, they don't give value here, they don't, you know, when, when all the focus is out there on they, you really abdicate responsibility for yourself. Now, there's a whole lot, of, you talk about, if you don't have this on your resume, you know, nobody's going to even talk to you. I, w- I would love for you to test this theory where throw your resume away. You don't even need a resume. If you go out and knock on 15 doors tomorrow, walk into places, places where you really would like to be involved with the current job market like it is, you're going to get job offers. I mean, unless you show up, you know, looking like somebody just crawled out of a box. But I mean, if you, if you present yourself well, smile on your face, I mean, trust me, you're going to get offers. You know, I was just looking at um, post online from our buddy Sutton Parks. Sutton lives here in Franklin, Tennessee. You know, been a friend of ours for years and years. Sutton is, um, Sutton's probably close to 50. I ought to check with him. I'm not sure he's in that in that range. But he, he likes, he's kind of a free spirit, but a real pleasant personality, great smile. Well, he just got a job at REI, the sports company. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He said he put this on his post. I'll be working at Sprouts, you know, the wholesome food company, three days a week, and then REI four days a week. And in cleaning, he does commercial cleaning accounts on weekend in my spare time. And then he puts up his, my career path so far this year, Kroger, Southern Medical. These are all places he's had jobs this year. Kroger, Southern Medical, Walmart, Waffle House, now Sprouts, and REI. I love this economy, he says. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, certainly that's here in Franklin, Tennessee, but it's not unlike most places in the country. I mean, he just simply walks in. He doesn't have a fancy resume, and those jobs have been varied in what they required. He just walks in and lets them know he's responsible. He'll show up. He'll smile, treat customers well, and they say, boom, when can you start? I mean, I've witnessed it personally, seeing it happen, where I've been in business establishments. People walk in the door and are hired before they walk out. I mean, it's that their companies are that desperate to bring good people on. So be careful about thinking that just what, if, if you're just depending on what your resume has and putting your resume online, yeah, you're going to be convinced nobody's hiring. You get out and meet people personally, they're going to forget what's on your resume and say, wow, we like your attitude. We like your personality. You know, I think you'll be a good fit here. When can you start? I mean, that's the way it goes again and again and again. All right, let me jump in. I got just a couple more here. Now, this came, I, I grabbed this from 48 Days Eagles. We have so many cool things happening there. And um, incidentally, I just uh, have selected an advisory board to guide that community for 2019. I'm thrilled about that, um, what the advisory board is going to be able to do to help create the vision for that community. And we're going to establish some really cool things moving forward. So uh, hold on to your hat. It's going to be a, a fun ride. And I love what's happening in there and the way that people are sharing ideas and resources and the success stories that we're seeing out of there. I've been pretty astounding. Now, this is one a question. A new member posted this question just yesterday. And her name is Mandy. So she posted it there. So I'm assuming we're okay to, to talk about it here. She says, I've been standing on the sidelines for many years 
listening and agreeing with Dan, but hesitant to jump in. I'm a seven on an Enneagram, so I spend a lot of time in my head and not in my gut. Here's my backstory. I live in a small town that doesn't have many job opportunities without driving an hour away. I'm one of the fortunate ones. I do have a job in my town and I'm compensated very well, $100,000 plus. I've been at this company for 15 years. I've been miserable for 15 years. The work is mundane. I don't connect with the people. The environment is static and resistant to change. We're owned by a larger company and we're forgotten or ignored most of the time. My parents didn't receive a college education. Every time I visit with them, they tell me how fortunate I am to have this job. Now think about that. This is my own insert here for a minute. I mean, how often do you hear that? Where people say, you got to be kidding me. You're nuts to think about changing. You know, you need to be grateful for the job you have. When I met Mike Sparks years ago, he was working at Nissan. He had a great job was uh, adding to his retirement income and he was restless. Golly, everybody told him just what people were telling Mandy. You'd be nuts to leave that job. Nissan, are you kidding me? You know, you're going to waltz right through. You're going to have a golden retirement with benefits and all that. Well, Mike was eager to do something else. And uh, he tells people that I was the only one that encouraged him to do that. Well, he got out and started selling cars. I mean, he was doing selling cars online. I mean, I remember being at his place and they were loading cars up to go to like Haiti and places like that, Yugoslavia. Um, He did really well in that space. Well, he got involved in the the city as a businessman, ran for city councilman. He was a city councilman for seven years and then decided to take on the state representative um, office. It was held by a long-term Democrat attorney. And well, Mike has a high school education And people said you could never unseat this longstanding Democrat attorney. And Mike just beat the streets. He wore shoes out, talked to people. Well, he's now been in that position, our state representative here in Tennessee. And I think it's been, I think we're approaching like 10 years. Yeah, I think he's been several terms in there. And um, so he changed his situation dramatically, is well-respected around the state and around the country because of his being such an advocate for the people and outspoken and strong in his political opinions and all of that. Well, but he had people telling him, Hey, you'd be nuts to leave this job. Well, let me switch back to Mandy here. Who's, Friends are telling her how fortunate she is to have this job. Mandy says, I do feel grateful for the resources this job has given me and my family, but going into work is a daily drudgery. About seven years ago, I started a side business of selling and installing window treatments. My sister's husband and I started the business. It has grown quite a bit. It's not large enough to sustain both families, but we are working on it part-time. I'm convinced if I leave my current job, our business would grow. I believe it would take a few years, but eventually would replace a good portion of my current salary. Every time I give myself a deadline to resign, I talk myself out of it. I'm stuck in fear and self-doubt. I have two questions. How do I convince my friends and family this is the right decision? Number two, how do I muster the courage to leave such a lucrative job to follow my dream? Thank you, guys. She says, stuck in my own head. Now, here's the cool thing. I mean, I, I, I love responding to questions like this, to the challenging situations that people pose. But being in community means that Mandy gets the brain power of a whole lot of people. So posing this in the 48 Days Eagles community, incidentally, if you're not a member, just go to 48dayseagles.com, 
check out all the details there. Um, we'd love to talk to you about being part of that. But the members in there, before I saw this question put up by Mandy, there were a whole lot of responses. Here's one from William Parker. Says, Mandy, I've walked in your shoes. 18 months ago, I walked away from a six-figure salary with benefits to strike out on my own accord. So here's somebody who had a six-figure business or a job. I was in engineering for over 24 years, and most of that time, it sucked the life out of me. Whenever I even mentioned leaving that career path, my own father was quick to keep me trapped saying, what you do is important. What he never understood and still doesn't is that it wasn't important to me. Trapped in a dead-end career path just for the sake of a solid paycheck is a false sense of security where you will never feel fulfilled. He says, build your side hustle to within 40 to 50% of your current income and then make the leap. While entrepreneurship is filled with marked highs and lows, I would never trade it for the soul-sucking J-O-B I had before. Good luck. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I could state it any better than that. But I love hearing people's input. And William is right on track with what I recommend. If you have a side hustle that you're spending 15 hours a weekend, you can get it to where it's generating 50%. In your case, you know, if it's generating $50,000 a year, or let's just say $4,000 a month. So if it's generating $4,000 a month, then it is on a track where it's very reasonable to expect that if you quit your job, so you devote the other 40 hours a week to that, you ought to be able to make up the difference very quickly. And I've seen hundreds of people go through that gentle process, not just burning the bridge, not just jumping out here and hoping something good happens. No, but building the side business where it is generating, like William says, 40 to 50% of your current income, then you ought to have the confidence, sure, that if you invested the rest of your time in it, you could grow it really, really well. Greg says, Greg Tosi says, and so like Greg is one of the people that I've asked to be on the advisory board, which I'm thrilled about. Greg, he says, I can totally relate. I'm about three months from walking away from a lucrative IT job. Um, it's doing work I love. Adding 40 new hours to my side gig will undoubtedly accelerate my trajectory and income fast. But don't get me wrong, I'm really scared to take this next step and fail. But I'm more afraid of never taking this step, staying miserable at work, and 20 years from now saying, what if? I also agree with the previous comments about money. We've strategically paid off our debt and lowered our standard of living over the last two years. Also, we can make the jump sooner and have plenty of buffer. You got this, Mandy. Now, another um, Eagle member that I've talked about, we had her on as one of the Monday mentors a couple months ago, is Anna Powers. Anna's a young single attorney, and she was being paid very well at a big traditional legal firm and realized that was not the path she wanted to stay on. So she quit and took a position with a small firm, reduced her income dramatically, but it gave her more flexibility time-wise. And then she started devoting those 15 hours a week to her side business, grew that dramatically, grew it to where last year, 2017, she generated well over $100,000 in her side business. Then it gave her the confidence because of that to quit her job. And of course, she's just absolutely rocking it at this point in the work that she's doing. Well, Bob, Bob Carpenter says, Mandy, um, well, he actually references Anna Powers. Wow. He, he, so he talked about what she did in 
moving back a little bit in a traditional job, but then using the increased time flexibility to build her, her business on the side. Well, a great, great stories. I love the, I'll keep watching these. I mean, that's the power of, of being in a group like that. Again, we tell people that if you're going to be successful, you need the right mindset, the right idea, and the right network. So if you adapt your mindset, and that's something you can do on your own, you can decide you're going to have the right mindset. I mean, mindset will do a whole lot more to open doors of opportunities for you than circumstances ever will. And you can be in the same circumstances and depending on mindset, one person will feel victimized and trapped and another person will see opportunity around every bush. So mindset is critically important than having the right idea. You know, you need something that realistically gives you a chance to replicate your income and more, but then the right network. I mean, too many people go into doing something on their own and feeling like they really are on their own. Well, even if you are an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, you don't you can't do it alone. Nobody is successful alone. I mean, I was talking to people this week and we were talking about some of the things that are done to create a funnel if you're going to do a course launch. So, you know, if we have a new course that's coming along, we've got, you know, lots of courses in the 48 Days Library. And if we're going to do a new course like that, we're going to do a webinar to release it. I mean, I love what's possible with all those things. Now, ask me if I've ever done a webinar by myself. No. We had somebody in our coaching master group who just last week did a webinar, and it was kind of a disaster because of the technology. I've never done one by myself. I don't expect to because there are people whose skills in that area so far supersede my own. I tap them on the shoulder, boom. So I have people like Brian Dixon come in and do the webinar. All I do is show up and talk. When it comes to building a funnel, where people are going to be able to purchase something. I have no idea how that stuff works, but I've got people who are really skilled in those areas. So be careful about thinking if you go into doing something on your own, that you have to be doing, you know, 30 different things. Again, in a small business like we have, I tell people there are probably 20, 25 different things that need to be done. I probably do well in about two or three of those. That's where I want to spend my time is doing those two or three things. Well, here we're going to wrap it up with that. I've got a question. I'm going to, I, I put it out in the 48 Days Eagles community and I'm going to, I'll report back next week as to what the responses are. I mean, I love having that brain power for myself. So I got a question for the podcast here from Robert who says, I'm 64 years old on social security. How can this help me? That was his question. He just laid it out there. That's it. I'm 64 years old on Social Security. How can this help me? Well, hey, I love that setup. How can having the right mindset, the right idea, and the right network help you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it can change your life. And you know, it doesn't matter if you're 16, 46, 64, or 84. And we don't reach a particular time where we have no value or where the world is against us. Nah, doesn't happen. Right mindset, right idea, right network. When I talk about my 11-year-old granddaughter doing video editing, you think she has those three things in place? Right mindset, 
Right idea? Right network? Yeah, you better believe it. I mean, that wouldn't be possible for her if she didn't have those in place. But again, it doesn't matter how old you are, where you are, what you're doing, what you've done in the past. Sure, you got to identify what is your unique skill? What is your superpower? What is it that puts you in a category of one? Those things are very, very important. But identifying that, let the world know, and you open the door to your own success. Well, hey, thanks for being part of this group of people where we do foster those things for each other. Right mindset, right idea, right network. We can help each other with those things. Hey, check out the 48 Days Eagles community. If you got questions for me, certainly shoot them into me at askdan at 48days.com. Got some other cool things coming up. If you're on our subscriber list, we'll keep you informed about other things that'll help fuel your success. But thanks for being part of this group, growing group of people where we know we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Nobody's stuck like the song is singing. Nobody's stuck at a J-O-B.